Restaurants Unstoppable, episode 869 with Doug York. But I've also learned the power in saying no. Early on, I used to say yes to everything. I heard like the way to success is just say yes. You know, like say whatever, whatever you can do, you just do it. So I, so I had started out by saying yes to everything to the point where I couldn't say yes to anything because I just had no more time. So I just started saying no to everything. And I would just tell people, I'm sorry, like I'm just in the season of no right now. It has nothing to do with like what you want or what we can do together, unless it's like, I want to do that right now, it's, it's a no. Are you ready for it? it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Chow Now, a commission-free online ordering system and food ordering app helping restaurants feed their hungry customers. Over 20,000 restaurants trust Chow Now for their online ordering, and this is because Chow Now helps their restaurants keep their profits, own their online experience, meet their customers everywhere, and make every diner a regular. With Chow Now, take unlimited commission-free orders through Chow Now's app and site, and there are no setup fees or monthly payments. And what I really love about Chow Now is that you get to own your customer data. This is something not all third-party ordering apps can claim. And when you schedule a demo, don't forget to ask about leveling up with Chow Now Direct, Chow Now's comprehensive online ordering and marketing package. Because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you can enjoy 30% off the Chow Now Direct annual plan. Sign up today at chownow.com slash unstoppable. That's chownow.com slash unstoppable. Today's episode is brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And I have to say, I haven't come across a restaurateur using Seven Shifts that hasn't been completely satisfied. Trusted by over 500,000 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the complete toolkit you need to easily manage your team's schedules, timesheets, communications, tasks, tips, and more all in one place. And because you are restaurant on Unstoppable listeners, you get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Today's episode is brought to you by Talk to the Manager. Nowadays, people don't want to speak face-to-face. They rather communicate via text message and keep it anonymous. Talk to the Manager allows guests to share feedback or ask questions in a way that makes them feel comfortable and is convenient to you. And I think the most valuable aspect of Talk to the Manager is that you give people an opportunity to vent before they go public and write a negative review. Sometimes people just want to be heard and Talk to the Manager gives them that opportunity to be heard. Plus, you don't have to worry about your information being shared. Customers won't see your personal phone number, just the phone number that Talk to the Manager provides. Also, with Talk to the Manager, it's like having a secret shopper. People will tell you any issues they come across at your restaurants, whether you want to hear them or not, but they'll be brought to your attention and that will help you improve your business. Show your guests you care enough to listen with Talk to the Manager. Head to talktothemanager.com slash unstoppable to sign up for your 60-day trial. 
What up, Unstoppables? We have a great show for you today. We're doing something a a little different. So as you remember, back in December of 2021, we released the story of Seven North. So uh, Seven North is a coffee shop in Exeter, New Hampshire, and uh, we had this idea to collaborate with them and to it all actually started with me going into seven North and talking to Doug and realizing uh, that he had this desire to start his own podcast. And he had had all these audio clips that he had been recording from the day of basically first seeing the location where he wanted to open his coffee shop. And he saw that it was available. Uh, and he took all these little voice files and memos along the way. And we took all those files and we put together uh, this, this podcast for him. And, and that was the goal for him. And, you know, we are podcast creators, Jared and I, and this was also an opportunity for me to give Jared Parisi a opportunity. So Jared Parisi is the founder of Sumadre, a podcast editing and production company. Uh, he started that company after I taught him how to basically do everything I know how to do regard in regards to podcasting. And um, for like six years now, it's crazy to think we're going into our sixth year. He's been helping me out with restaurant stoppable. I go out and I record the content and then I send him all the audio and he edits the audio and he does the copywriting and the show notes and things like that. It's been a great partnership and uh, we wanted to give him an opportunity to kind of sh- to show what he's got. He can do. He's a talented dude. If you guys did not listen to the story of seven North, uh, Jerry did an amazing job with that. And we would like to do more projects like this. So this was kind of our first break into uh, our break away from the standard restaurant unstoppable interview where we do a highly produced podcast, totally different from the sit down interview style that you guys are used to. And we share the story of seven North Doug York and uh, so in today's episode, we sit down. It's Jared, Doug, and I. We reflect on uh, what's happened since we last talked to him, and we talked about the podcast and uh, just podcasting in general and uh, that project. And it was a lot of fun to sit down and reflect. So uh, that's what we're doing today. If you guys have not checked out the story of Seven North, I highly recommend you go back and check it out. The episodes aired uh, right around Christmas time of 2021, the holidays. So. Uh, go back, check it out. If you skipped over those, I think you'll enjoy it. It's different, uh, but it's uh, very entertaining and well done. And I just want to take this opportunity to also kind of uh, just give Jared some credit, man. Um, super talented dude. Uh, and we want to do more projects like this. So if you guys have been recording things along your restaurant journey, or if you're about to open a restaurant, start recording things put things aside and maybe we can work together in the future. Maybe we can help you promote your business. That's something to think about. So with no further ado, here we are, Jared Parisi, Doug York and myself reflecting on the past year and on the story of seven North. I hope you guys enjoy it with excitement. Allow me to introduce to you today's guests. I should say we have two people with us today. Uh, Two names you're probably familiar with if you're a listener of Restaurant Unstoppable podcast, Doug York and Jared Parisi. Are you guys feeling unstoppable today? Today? <laughs> today I'm feeling good. Yeah. And I love whenever I ask that question, the look I get on people's faces. <laughs> but Jared, how are you doing? I feel great. Yeah. So uh, you know the name Jared Parisi. Uh, been working with Restaurant Unstoppable for what, four years now? Um, since 2016. Six years? So six, yeah. Holy crap. Time is going by so fast. Uh, so Jared um, started with Restaurant Unstoppable, just editing, copywriting, 
happens to be a very talented story writer producer. Uh, this is the first time we've collaborated on something that was for restaurant unstoppable. But how would you explain it, Jared? Explain what? Uh, our collaboration on the story of seven North. And I should mention also Doug as the founder of seven North. And you guys, if you listen to the story of seven North that aired during the holiday season, you would have know what we're talking about right now. So today what we're doing is basically just picking up the conversation from then. Uh, it's been a year since our, our last recording to produce that, that uh, bonus series is what we called it. Um, yeah. So we're here to kind of just unpackage it and to see what's happened since then. But I don't know. Yeah. Because Doug right now is in a very Doug and seven North are in a different place than they were when we left off at the end of the story of seven North podcast mini series. So we're about a year since the final uh, interview and we want to just go deep with Doug and find out how it's been since we did all those interviews. Yep. And like the business is just different. One of the biggest issues in the story of seven North was no employees. Doug now has, you had mentioned four to five employees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was safe to say Doug was either on the brink of or experiencing burnout at that point. Um, are you still, do you feel like you have better work life balance? I, I, I mean, I guess we can cut straight to the chase. I don't feel like I have better balance, but I don't feel the same amount of burnout that I had the last time that yeah. we spoke. Yeah. Um, so we kind of set it up. We're going to go deep into the conversation, the story since March of 2021. Uh, when we're recording, this is basically like March 1st, 2022. Uh, but let, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us, Doug? All right. I have a, I have a few. Um, I tend to think about various quotes and mantras, but I think what makes sense for today and, and, and what we're doing, uh, one of them is ignore the short-term noise because when you invest in the long term, you see it through. And I think that a lot of times I find myself getting caught up in what's happening day to day or even week to week, and I lose sight of where I'm trying to go because it's easy, especially in a coffee shop or a cafe type business, to be focused on, to be very present in the moment and focused on the next person who's coming in through the door. So you start to lose track of what do I want this to look like a month, a quarter, a year from now? Yeah. Shiny, the shiny object syndrome, right? Like right. where it's so easy to get distracted and why it's, why it's so important to have a vision, to have a mission. That is your center line. That is, that is your long term that will bring you back, right? That, that when you start to drift off course, I will bring you back to the center to remind you why you're here. It's so important. Did you have two quotes? I mean, I have a few. Uh, another one is, uh, fail fast, fail often. Mm-hmm. Because one thing that I've learned, especially in this past year, is that I used to think that these people that had all this experience, they had all this knowledge, they, uh, you know, they just knew what they were doing all the time. And I can think of various restaurants and restaurateurs in the area. And what I've found, I don't know if it's necessarily true or not, but what seems to be true is that they don't. They know what they've done. They know the areas that they've failed. They know what won't work, but they don't necessarily know what's going to work next year. So it's this idea, if you have 20 years of experience in the game, 
that's a value asset anyway because you've tried pretty much everything. So you know what's not going to work. So you can rule, you know, a thousand things out when you're making that next decision. Myself, because I haven't had that those years of experience and I haven't had those failures to learn from, I still don't necessarily know what's going to work or not. Mm-hmm. So having that 20 years is, is so valuable, 25 years, 30, whatever it may be, because you're able to say, yeah, I tried that five years ago. Like, yeah. And I think what's what's work. important to kind of like keep in the back of your mind as you're trying new things, too, is that, that what what works for you or what worked for somebody else might not work for you. A lot of what works has a lot to do with the person that's executing it. Like what does this approach work with you and your skill set? your strengths and your weaknesses, your brand, your concept, your location. Like so much of what works for other people does not work for everybody. And so, so like you have to keep in your, like just because it didn't work for somebody else doesn't mean I shouldn't look into it for myself. True. Right. And like you're, it's, it's like one of the biggest lessons we've learned in the show is you're, it's, you're constantly learning and you're constantly trying things out. And the, 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 the process of learning never ends because the world we're living in is also dynamic and constantly changing. Right. So it's just like, that mindset of just showing up, learning, figuring out what sticks, keeping that, and moving on to the next project or the next perspective. Um, yeah, same. So it's that same idea: fail fast, fail often. And I guess that would go for somebody who has been in this for a long time as well. You know, yeah. you can continue to fail forward. You can continue to try new things. And if it works, great. You know, it works. If it doesn't, it's like, all right, I tried to put it on the board. You know. Yeah. So I think it would be cool just to kind of reflect first and foremost, just on a project complete and well done. Um, I did want to take an opportunity just to, well, I have a confession. I didn't listen to the entirety of seven North podcast until this past weekend. (laughs) You know, sometimes that's fine. You know, like, uh, like a lot of things, it's a slow burn and I've been used to that whole idea of people coming to things late. So no shock. <laughs> well, but at the same time, like I just also, I think it's a testament to the speed of trust, you know, like I know what Jared's capable of and sure. I trust Jared to like put together something solid. Um, and he did a phenomenal job yeah. by the way. I mean, I just gotta get, like get that out there. And that was, uh, a huge task, a huge undertaking. You know, he saw the vision from, you know, second one and then just executed to like perfection and elevated it. And we can talk a lot about, you know, some of the responses that I've had, the reception that I've had. Um, and you know, I have to give all credit to Jared because like he really like took the ball and And that's where I'm going with this is this is the fact that like I was just, I just wanted to take, a moment to be like, holy crap, Jared, way to go. Like that was your first podcast like that. Yeah. I mean, you, you've created two podcasts before this, or actually one, this was the second and then you've started yeah. a third one since then. But this is the first high edited, high touched production narrative type podcast. True. And that being said, man, like you're on, you're going to do great things. I'm excited for you and your career. Thanks. I just wanted to give you a little pat on the back. Cause but again, back to the speed of trust, like I knew you would do a great job. And like when we first started this podcast or this project back in January, December of 2020, December of 2020 is when this, this first started, the conversation first started, right? Right. 
Yeah, yeah it's so hard to like, get the dates right because I feel like we all lost a year during the I know. Like, what seemed like it happened in 2019 happened in 2020. It's like everything became a blur. And that was a big a narrative year. that we had is like this is a, a podcast about a restaurant owner opening post-pandemic. And right. the, the pandemic was a big part of the story and like how, how crazy you were to try to open a restaurant during a pandemic or seemingly, right? Right. right. Um, so, I mean, just so much has happened since that time. We're over a year from the initial conversation. Um, one of my, the things I wanted to share when we first started the conversation to do this project, I, I don't think any of us knew what it was going to look like. We just wanted to start. And then it didn't take long for me to realize that if we're going to do this, I need to get the hell out of the way. And kind of just let Jared and Doug do their thing and just put it together. Um, Yeah, I think that Jared being a storyteller naturally, being the person that he is, uh, was able to kind of hear this idea and say, yeah, I know exactly what I would do with it and did and did it, you know, and um, I had this idea this vision like we had talked about but i didn't know how to shape it into a story and that's why when you know we first met you know i met jared for the first time and we talked about it it amazed me that he was able to get it so quickly and say i I know what i i can i can do with that yeah yeah uh, and just the, I mean, the dedication that Jared put in just to like going through all those past, how many total hours <laughs> yeah, or minutes that, of audio those, files those there? Those depressing voice. <laughs> I think grand total, it was like 11 hours worth of stuff that wow. I sifted through. But real quick, this actually, since we're talking about kind of me, I, I've been reflecting lately, <clears throat> and this could be maybe apply to anyone if you're starting anything, whether it's a business or you work in a restaurant. I think that I've gained like a little bit of wisdom in that, so my, the bulk of my work on the Seven North podcast ended in like April of 2021. <clears throat> Since then, I we were waiting on like post production things to happen, and once that started to get get going at the end of 2021, and I realized this thing's gonna come out and it's gonna be cool and it sounds good, I re- I was just craving doing it again. Like I just I was like, okay, so the end product is good and uh, I want to keep doing this for other people and it's interesting because I now I'm doing that now. I am currently trying to make a very similar thing for another company. It's not a restaurant, an upcycled clothing store in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And so I am literally doing this thing that all of last year I wanted to do again. Mm. And sometimes I literally catch myself in the middle of an interview literally doing the thing I wanted to do, thinking this is what I wanted. Like, this is what I loved. This is what I wanted to do. I'm not like having a, like a blast right now, but I'm in it. I'm literally in the thing. But, and so the wisdom comes from the fact that it's not, it's not like doing the thing necessarily, like the little details of doing the thing that is so enjoyable. It's, the fact that it all comes together into something that is of a high quality and what you wanted to make. So the connection to maybe like a restaurant is like, or building something, it's not necessarily fun, but then you look back and you're like, I'm so glad that I did that. It was worth it. Exactly. And like, that sounds, I had to think a lot about that and what you just said is accurate, but it almost sounds too simple. Hmm. It's like, 
it's just weird to think back and think how much fun it was, but then I'm doing it. And I don't think it's necessarily fun. It's just fulfilling and well, worth doing. A, the sense of achievement and growth. And like, I think that's something we all strive for. It's one of those things in the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like personal growth, achievement. Like you have to feel like you're moving in a direction that and when you achieve something and when it comes out good and then you have, every time you do it, you get to get a little bit better. You get to experience that personal growth like that is in itself. And when you when you close the book, when you put the period at the end of the last paragraph, like you accomplished it, you finished it. And that, that's rewarding. And I just want to say, like, to cap that off. It's the lesson is if you're in the middle of something and it kind of stinks or sucks to do it, don't give up right then and there. Think about what it all is building up toward. Like, what is the goal? Because that if I didn't have the memory of seven Nor- of doing seven north and it being a success, then this day to day interviewing these new people, I, I might be I might think like you know what, never mind. It. Yeah. But like but no, you, it's the memory of of the end result from the first one that keeps me going for the second one. I think you allude to this in episode three, that like Jeremiah's or maybe it was episode four. Jeremiah's advice was to end cat was to find that work life balance and to be okay with stepping away from the business when you need to get that clarity. Um, and you you said that like you're going to go to the beach and read a book or something. Right, right. Back to. Uh one thing that that just struck me about what you said, though, was when you said uh, you were kind of in this state of you had wrapped uh, the story of Seven North, and it was prior to you starting up the current narrative podcast that you're working on, was you were saying, like, I want to do that again. Like, I love that. I want to do that. That's everything that we talk about in the first episode of Manifesting. Whether you you know you're enjoying it now or not, like you were putting that energy out there, like I want to do this again, and then so everything was leading you to doing it again. Now you're doing it again. You're like, why am I doing this again? And I always that that's something that I think about a lot because, as you know, like I think about manifesting a lot, and I say like you are gonna get what you wish for, so you have to be very careful. It's like it's a dangerous thing. Yeah. You know, I be careful I what you wish for, for yeah, this. For sure. I wished for this. And then if you heard me in the end of the, the, the series, episode I was five. like episode five. I'm like, why am I doing this? Yeah. So it's exactly what you're saying. Today's episode is brought to you by Chow Now, a commission free online ordering system and food ordering app helping restaurants feed their hungry customers. Over 20,000 restaurants trust Chow Now for their online ordering. This is because Chow Now helps restaurants keep their profits, own their online experience, meet their customers everywhere, and make every diner a regular. Here's how it works. Chow Now clients get listed on the free Chow Now marketplace. Once they're there, they can meet new customers and take unlimited commission-free orders through Chow Now's app and site. There is no setup fee or monthly payment. Now, this is what I really love about Chow Now. You get access to valuable customer data, which allows you to personalize the experience and the relationship with your guests. In other words, you own the relationship with your guests, something not all third-party ordering apps can claim. And we cannot wrap up this message without telling you about how to level up with Chow Now Direct. Chow Now Direct is Chow Now's comprehensive online ordering and marketing 
package. With Chow Now Direct, you get your own branded ordering app for iPhone or Android, email and print marketing, plus POS integration, and much more. Because you are Restaurant Unstoppable listeners, you can enjoy 30% off the Chow Now Direct annual plan. Sign up at www.chownow.com slash unstoppable. That's chownow.com slash unstoppable. One thing that I think about a lot, though, is like loving the process. And I believe that to be true. You have to be passionate about it. You have to love the process. Like nobody there's there's not a lot of people like putting up a thousand shots in the gym. There's not a lot of people that like doing sprints up and down the court all day. There are some people that do. There are some people that love that process. But the people that don't, the people that will put a thousand shots up that don't want to do it, they do it because they felt that taste of victory. And they want to feel it again. It's like a drug. Well, the the thought that just popped back into my head is like reminding yourself that you chose. That this is yeah. what you wanted to do. Absolutely. And that you get to do it every day. And I think mm-hmm. it's a paradigm shift when you remind yourself that like when you're like, oh, I don't want to do this. But then you when you say like this is what I wanted and I got it. And I'm lucky enough to do this every day because this is what I asked for. I think when you remind yourself of things like that, it's all about perspective. Like perception is reality. If you perceive that it's another day that you have to drag yourself out of bed to go do the same thing, and then that's what it's going to be. If you perceive that you're living your dream, and, and if you're grateful that you got what you asked for, it that that shift in perspective might help you get through the day. And it's thinking about what you're passionate about. Yeah, like what area are you passionate about? You know, I had to think a lot about that. Like, what am I passionate about about this place? Which is I going think, back to like the driving force yeah. and, and everything. Uh, one thing that I definitely want to talk about that I feel like we didn't touch on. I didn't. I didn't touch on um, at all, or, or we may have a little bit, and it got it got cut. But um, how instru- like my mom is a big part of this. Like she bakes here every day, and um, she has been invaluable to you know, me being able to do this and me being able to be here every day. And she said something to me because she listened to the whole uh, series, which is like embarrassing. She was like, where was I? Life, but <laughs> no, she wasn't. She wasn't like that at all. And if you met her, like, you yeah, know, like know that's just, not, that's, yeah. yeah, that's just not who she is. Um, but we were talking about it and she said, she said a couple things. One, she said, uh, in episode two, when we were talking about Granite State, she said, you are clearly passionate about music. Like, that is where your passion is. She said, your whole energy changed when, in that episode, compared to the other episodes. Like, it just exuded. You could feel it. Uh, She said, so you need to, (laughs) like, find some way to incorporate music into your life because that's clearly your passion, right? And she's known me my whole life, so she knows, like, Obviously, is <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, the the second thing that she said that really has stuck with me since she said it was: uh, you talk a lot about how you want to make Seven North and the cafe a vehicle for everyone in the community so they can come in and they can feel connected and, and, and all these things. She said, you need to make it a vehicle for yourself. 
She said, you need to incorporate the things that you love in it and allow the coffee shop to be a vehicle for you. Yeah. And that is a lesson I can reinforce. When she dropped that on me, I was like, man. There tends to be two schools of thought to this. A lot of people say start with the market, reverse engineer what they want, and just make it a thing that they want. And I think if you're trying to create a transactional restaurant that's focused just on numbers, if you don't want to be there, if you're an opera, if you're into creating things, that's a cool, that, that isn't, that is, that is a way to go for you. If you're somebody who wants to be at your restaurant every day, who wants to be a part of it, who it needs to be an extension of yourself. Like you need to, you, it's going to be so much easier for you to show up to that thing every day. Cause like you're saying, it needs to be a vehicle for you because you're the one that needs to have the endurance to set the tone every day. And if you're not serving yourself through your business, then you're going to find it really hard to show up with that same enthusiasm every day to set the tone, to, to be the culture. You know, you can't tell people to show up a certain way excited unless you're doing that yourself. So, and then that the restaurant becomes a magnet for more people like you because Mm. other people see it and they go me too. And then you start surrounding yourselves with like little mini me's that are behind it. And then Mm -hmm. that's when you can remove yourself Mm -hmm. from the day to day. Right. Right. And I think, you know, to what you're saying, Jared, I would say the same thing to you and the projects that you're working on now, allow them to be a vehicle for you. You know, you're in it, you're, you're in the grind right now of, you know, compiling stories to put together, uh, to sift through all that, information to figure out what the real story is and think about how it can be a vehicle for you and what you want to get out of it because you're a gifted storyteller and i'm not just saying that to like say it i'm saying it because like there's something that i think that you can do that fulfills you that also helps a lot of people yeah there were a lot of people that listened to the story of seven north they came back and started talking to me about different scenes well that was one thing i was curious about like what after we it's been a year now like what's the feedback what are people saying to you like is it what you expect do you think it's served your business like having something that people are able to then listen to and connect with you on that intimate of a, a level yes i feel it's created a deeper connection with people who were coming in anyway and are interested in that. They're emotionally They're, invested in you at this point. They want much, you to be successful. Much more so now. Yeah. Yes. Um, Has anyone come in and set at like mention the podcast without you bringing it up? Every time. I never bring it up. No. Yeah. Every time we talk about it. Every time I've talked about it with someone who's come in, it's because they brought it up. They're Was like, that their oh, first time the here? Or did they? No. They, there, there's, okay. there's been both. There's been both. Um uh, I would imagine people who are regulars would be more invested in listening to that podcast than somebody off the street, like because they're familiar with you, they want to hear the story. Right, yeah. right, yeah. So there, there's been people because I sent it out, you know, through my channels, and there's people who haven't stopped by. They like heard that, and they're like, "Oh, I haven't stopped by." You know, I've never been here before, but I heard the podcast and like you know came to check it out because they just follow on social or whatever. Um, uh, but there's also been people who come in, you know, pretty often and, uh, they'll bring up particular scenes in it. You know, um, as I was saying before we start recording, 
people associate themselves with the different things. So even if they're not opening a coffee shop or opening a restaurant or whatever it may be, there are people who come here who started their own business. And so there was this one one person who came in who was like, when you were talking about sitting at the computer and not knowing what you're doing, trying to register the business, like that was me. I had no idea. And he's like, and I played it for my wife. There was... Um, another person who was saying I'm in the process of starting my own business right now that wasn't a restaurant and he's like this is so motivating to me because I feel like I'm not alone I feel like somebody else had these same struggles that I'm having because it was the and and then there were people there there's a woman who uh you know comes in often who are who her husband is a very successful restaurateur and she wanted him to hear it because he's been in the business now for 30 years and he's like and she's like you know like you need to hear this this is somebody who was like you 30 years ago so everybody's making their own connection to it uh and i just i i I don't know i i was gonna say i don't I'm not necessarily surprised because I had done enough in like my past life and past experiences to know that like if you put your honest self out there, that is what attracts people, you know, and I knew that, you know, I was like, (laughs) I was putting it all out there, you know, like making myself vulnerable and, and what was it like, like that must've been to, to to be vulnerable to 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 put your your literally like you're like laying on your back exposing your belly to the world when we published this episode mm-hmm. and I know that was tough for you like you knew like you, don't get me wrong like I knew it wasn't like tough it is in the sense like we we push you outside of your comfort but that'd be tough for anybody to be able right. to do that yeah. what was that like when we when you knew it was live and when you first started hearing things come back were you nervous were you shy about it. Were you no, worried that um, like some of the things you might say might be taken out of context? Not, not really. Um, I was because I was involved in the editing process. I was able to hear yeah. the whole thing before it ever went live. So I knew like very. I I knew exactly what like people were going to hear uh, before they heard it. So um, yeah I, I wasn't I wasn't nervous in that sense there were parts when I was editing that I was just like man like I sound like such an idiot right now <laughs> um but I had to I had to expose myself like that to make it honest to make to 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 provide that connection because if I'm just like mailing it in and I'm doing it you know like then to me it's just a waste of everybody's time it's a waste of the listeners time. I'm not respecting the listener if I'm not like going to be 100 with them yeah from my perspective I kind of wish that we recorded it but I remember saying I think like the last meeting we ever had before it was released we were here I remember and I remember your wife was there and I said the only thing that I want out of this is for somebody that I don't know to tell me that it's good mm-hmm. and there's one review on Apple iTunes and I don't know who they are. <laughs> and it's a very, it's like a paragraph and it's like a glowing review. And so that's like, that was all I needed. It's just funny that th- there's literally one, like there's a few that I know there are people that I know, but then there's this one review that I don't know who they are. And you can tell that it's just someone listening to a podcast and they leave like a positive review. And that and, was awesome. 
I think I remember uh, saying when you had said that, like, that's going to happen. And I've had, and I wish that I um, could either record, could have recorded, or you could have been here when I have a lot of people who come in and tell me that they've heard it and tell me how great it is because all I can do is relay that back to you, what they said. Um, But I've had so many people just be like, this is amazing sweet you know and i felt like i just had a sense that like it it was that was gonna happen you know i've put stuff out before uh and with the intent of people hearing it and getting feedback from them uh so when we had done this you know i just knew I, I think I remember saying, "Don't worry, that's gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah. People are gonna say good job, and and uh, because it is, and you did, you did, and and you're doing it now, and and I know that feeling of what you feel like. It's you know, it's called like uh, you know the Creative Canyon or whatever, and you know I don't know at what stage you are in the canyon, but you're in it. Mm. You know, you're there. You're not You're not at the beginning point where you're like, this is a great idea. That was you probably a year ago. And you're like, this is a great idea. I want to do this again. I love this experience. And now you're in the canyon it's, and you're like, what am I doing and how do I, how do I claw out of this thing? Yeah. It's funny because I, when I think about the current project, it's like what I enjoy doing is daydreaming about the final product. But then... then I have to go, okay, what do I actually have to do to get to that daydream and make the daydream a real thing? And again, like, I think that this relates to restaurants. Like you envision your restaurant. You you don't envision building your restaurant. You envision the restaurant. What people are going to say about you. You think about what it's going to look like, how people are going to, how happy people are going to be, how happy they're going to make you feel when you see how happy they are because they approve of you and all the reviews and like all you just, all you see is like, rainbows and like sunshine and like good things which is true like you can get those things but you can't have to swim through a river of poop to get yeah, there yeah. and it's going to be tough and you yeah. have to and that's the reality of it for sure so like, i i have a couple of thoughts on that because i've thought a lot about that you know and a lot of people talk about well do you have a fear of success or a fear of, of failure and all these things and i've always felt like i don't have a fear of either you know, I don't fear success or failure. I just like you, Jared, like that daydream because you can control the daydream. Everything lines up perfectly when you're just dreaming about it. But then all of a sudden when you put that into the universe and you're and now you're sitting in it, stuff's going to go wrong. Things yeah. are going to break at the moment you don't want them to. And that didn't happen in the daydream, you know, but what the, the, the greatest thing that comes from that, the greatest thing that comes from it being a reality is figuring out those things because the satisfaction that I've had and what I've taken in the past year is that not everything is going to work and this is all going to be really hard but it's going to be worth it. And you're going to have those moments where you you just want to like completely give up. And I've had those moments in the last year. I still have those like every so often. I'm just like, man, I can't, I can't do this. You know, like this, the, the pandemic was like 
crushing, you know, um, I'm still finding my way through the fog, you know, like, I don't know where I'm going. Sure, I can ask. It, it, it's kind of like asking people how to raise a kid. You know, everybody has an opinion about it, but nobody's, you know, your, your child is their own individual, and that's like your restaurant. So like what you were saying before, Eric, what There's worked no for somebody way, else. Yeah. yeah, so it's like I can't really ask people what to do. I just feel like I just gotta, I just gotta do it. Ain't nothing to it. But I think, I think also you're reminding me like it's all cause you mentioned it. You didn't use this word, but the, the term problem solving, it's like part of the fun then becomes when you're in the middle of the hard thing is the problem solving. Because when you reach a problem, there's just so many things. I feel like when you approach, you are up against a problem and in your mind you think there is no solution like it goes from nothing to then you think of a solution and it works. And on top of that, someone compliments you for it. Yeah. Right. Then you, th- like that is what's enjoyable. What's enjoyable is, is realizing that you are capable of solving whatever problem yeah. you solved. So that, and that that's, I think that's kind of, I just made that connection in my head. What was going through my mind listening to you talk. And I think this kind of what you said kind of ties into this really well too, is the, it's important to have the big vision the overarching mission, where I'm going, what I'm trying to achieve, that'll keep you center on the center line. Uh, but it's also important, I think, to to have intentional, achievable, winnable daily goals because you need to see that you're making progress. You need to have that big, audacious goal, and you need to break that up into little chunks. And every day, like, have a list of what do I need to do to get there, and start taking that list checking one box after another, after another, and just make it a goal to do one thing on that list every day, something simple. So you can, so you can have these little wins so you can move forward and look back and go, well, I'm in it still. Like this is tough. I'm having bad days, but look at all the things I accomplished in the past year and look where I was. Look at the problems I had then. And I I look at those problems. Like these are little problems, but like, look at the problems I'm tackling now and look at the progress I'm making. I think it's so important to, to, to chop it up like that and to, to make sure you are winning every day because you will burn out if you don't have any sense of growth. Yeah, and I think all of these things, all the things that we do, in my case, make podcasts. Uh, in restaurant people's case, you know, work on a recipe or create some dish that's amazing or build out your restaurant. All of these things are temporary, but I think what is permanent is your memory, like, your perception of yourself like this restaurant this building is temporary but until the day you die doug you will know that you are capable of doing everything that was required Hmm. to make this a thing Hmm. you know what i'm saying i do like generally i'm just saying that like that's where the fulfillment comes from is realizing that not that the fact that the thing you built exists but the fact that you were able to build it right Yeah, what's interesting to me is I've never, I have to remind myself of those things because I'm always, always looking forward. I very, like, I I never really look back. Yeah. You know, I, I, I will accomplish something and I will learn from it. So I use, even, even the podcast that we, that we did together, the only time I listen to it now 
is if I want to learn something from, okay, how could I have done this better? You know, that I will never rest on any achievement. It's always learn from what I've done to make it better in the future. Yeah, that's exactly why that's the first time I listened to this episode or the whole series completely through was this past weekend is because I had to be prepared to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm exactly the same way. Like I, I finish a project and I never look back. I record something, I send it to Jared. And that's something that keep in the back of the mind when Jared was narrating this. Jared is, he might know my content better than I do at this point. Because mm-hmm. when I'm recording those episodes, I'm listening in real time, trying to engage somebody and be curious as an interviewer. However, when Jared's listening, he's listening to to take that information, to transfer it to the show notes. He's listening with a different ear where he, I mean, you could probably like you're you, you've learned just as much as I have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Jared you could, learned, you could open a restaurant. You could open a restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> not like that I, you want to, but you could. So you, you six years. You have the knowledge. I've been doing this podcast for almost ten years now. Six years. You've listened at this point to more than half of my content. And I think what we, you know, myself and Eric, what we can learn from what Jared just said is, we could probably benefit from looking at yeah stuff that we've done and and appreciating some of our accomplishments because you can use that as a springboard to get you to that next place. Yeah. But when he was like narrating the the content and like tying things together and like describing what a good restaurant does, I'm like, it's like he listens to the podcast or something. Like it was just like really well done in my opinion. Like just because of like how he, all those lessons that he pulled from the, 600 episodes you've recorded or edited right you know it's just it was really impressive and i'd love to also say about the narration um a lot i i've had a lot of comments about people enjoying that you tied it into your personal journey as well yeah you know there are a lot of people who like that connection so it wasn't just about me making a restaurant it was it was about your journey in doing this as well yeah Um, because then it feels more fleshed out you know, it doesn't just feel like a straight up interview. And it's funny what you're talking about, Eric, because the podcast I'm working on now is about a girl who started out making bikinis. Yeah. What do you know about that? Dude, there are moments she'll, <laughs> she'll say things where I'm like, I don't even know what that word means. Like right. there was some, like a size, she called it like a, not a size chart, but like a size something and how you size bikinis. And I was mm-hmm. like, you you have to educate. I don't even know what that is. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen you wear a dress before. <laughs> and you can, but you're, you're, you can educate the listener at the same time because there's a lot of people who are just curious, you yeah. know, who might find that might find that interesting. Dude, and that's okay. Not about this is random too, but the thing that's so cool about making these kinds of things is learning about the subject. Mm-hmm. Like this girl, she sews things, so I'm I'm like right now listening to audiobooks about like the history of thread and needle. And just learning all these cool things. So, That's yeah, amazing. it's fun. That is super cool. So what we haven't really gotten into as far as the story of Seven North, again, is like what has happened over the past year. So, like, I think it's pretty safe to say that when we left you, you were feeling like just burnt out. There's a lot of things that you needed to recognize from your mentors that you needed to start doing. When we finished this project, I don't think you were closed on Mondays, were you? I was not. No. So, so let's, let's rewind the tape for a second. Yeah. Bring us back to, I guess, well, April, of, April yeah. of 21. I didn't, I wasn't 
closed on Monday. I was still open on Mondays, and it was shortly after we wrapped that I started closing. I said, I just, I have to close on Mondays. Mondays were the slowest day of the week, and I said, if I'm going to be closed at any point, uh, you know, pick the slowest day of the week and, and just close. Um, I was so glad that I did it, but it quickly filled up with other responsibilities, whether it was family responsibilities or just taking care of the things that I had to get done here that I couldn't do because I was on bar every day. So Mondays now and in the past year have not truly felt like a day off. It's just like a day different. But even so, you need a day different to work on the business. If you're trapped in the business right. every day, right. you're never going to do those little, you never gonna have the time to do the little things to make progress. Um, you need, even if it's for the first year to come back on your day off, quote unquote, but you do only on the business things like working on your systems and your processes, putting up flyers to hire people, blocking in time to interview people, which I'm sure is what you did on Mondays, right? No, no. What were you it's doing on Mondays? I did pretty much every day, yeah. you know, um, because you just have to find the time. I couldn't, I, maybe I'm just bad at time management. I, I actually, I'm really bad at time management, but I couldn't say, okay, here's my Monday. Let me have my to-do list for Monday and just knock everything off like a freaking champion, you know? I couldn't do that. I didn't do that. Um, so I still had to do everything uh, in every little moment that I could. Um, one thing that I did last spring that really helped was... Um, I started thinking about my values and what I valued. And I was having conversations with people and I was actually saying to them, someone came to me, a, a friend of my a friend of mine's wife was going through a you know, weird time where she was thinking about moving her family to like upstate New York and all this stuff. They were thinking about making this big shift in their life. And I said to her, uh, Start with your values. Start with what you value. And just write down on a piece of paper what you and your husband value as a family. And after saying that to her, I started thinking about it for myself. Because it's something that I always, that I know, but it, I, until I articulated it to somebody else, I hadn't really thought about it's it. It's hard to do. So I wrote down my values and my number one value, even prior to opening this coffee shop, was spending time with my family. What do you think happened in the two years of me opening this coffee shop? That's the first thing that you, you shed. I didn't spend any time yeah. with them. So there was no wonder there was like, I was out of alignment with my values and things that I value. Um, another thing that I value is... Um, production and producing things I have to be in a creative space so I loved it when I was building out the space and putting everything together because I'm living in my sandbox of yeah, creation it's muse, yeah. you know it was when I was doing the grind every day that things were becoming misaligned so during the the interview I think you one of the things you mentioned is that or during I should say like the, the story of Seven North you mentioned that you're I think this might have been in the recording or something that we talked about other than 
we have so many conversations outside the recording, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about your focus. The thing that you thought would be able to carry you through was your ability to get hyper focused on one thing and show up day and day and day again and do that one thing better and better and better because you kind of get that tunnel vision. Is that? Do you think that's the case? Is is that still true? That is still true, and that is still part of who I am. I believe in mastery. I believe in being having doing. It, it goes back to those, you know, thousand shots, ten thousand yeah. hours, whatever you want to call it. You know, I still, I still love the fact of practicing something every day to get as good at it as possible. Yeah, I, I, I do believe in that mastery. One thing that Jeremiah had said. Uh, towards the end was we were talking a lot about doing this for other people right and he made when you say doing this talking about like a podcast uh... no like creating creating a restaurant or a coffee shop or whatever and he said that you know if you're if you're just doing this because you you told other people that you would do it or you're just doing it because you know for other people like that's a lot of i can't remember the word he used but it was like he said it's very powerful pride and if pride powerful pride yes that's that's what he said thank you and and at the time i was like i don't think it's pride but i couldn't really figure it out so after hearing it back and after listening to that episode i kind of reflected on it and to me it's more about integrity and it was my it's my integrity that pushes me if i tell somebody i'm going to do something i will go to no end to do it so when i said to people i'm opening this space up i didn't do it out of pride i did it because so like, you said int- you were gonna do. I said I was going to do it. It's integrity. Yeah. I, I, I bounce up against that all the time. That's the reason why I made we have integrity, our number one core value, as a way to keep myself. When I say we, I meant like Restaurant Unstoppable Network. Mm-hmm. Because that those those core values are to keep me honest, mm. you know, to keep me on track of what I'm setting out to do. And that is to serve people and to do what you say you're going to do, to create a community of people who are coming together to su- support one another and like – we have integrity. We do what we say we're going to do. Um, right. So right. That, that's one that, that string, you know, that rings true to me as well. I, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And that's honestly what pushes me every day, you know, because but I you gotta be careful. Cause sometimes there's a, those, those shiny objects, right. That pull you off of what you said you're going to do. And then you start getting distracted by all these other opportunities. And before you know it, you overcommit. And some, I mean, that's my biggest fear personally is being, becoming a con man is because I'm afraid that I'll have all the intentions to do what I say I'm going to do, but I'll bite off more than I can chew and then I'll fall short of what I said I'll do. Right. Do you ever feel like, well, I mean, I don't know if coffee shop translates as well because it does, but I've also learned the power in saying no. Mm-hmm. And n- Early on, I used to say yes to everything. I heard like the way to success is just say yes. You know, like say whatever, whatever you can do, you just do it. I'm constantly getting contradictive advice, dude. And then I realized, so I, so I had started out by saying yes to everything. 
to the point where I couldn't say yes to anything because I just had no more time. Yeah. So I just started saying no to everything. And I would just tell people, I'm sorry, like, I'm just in the season of no right now. It has nothing to do with, like, what you want or what we can do together. I'm, unless it's like, like, hell yeah, like, I want to do that right now. Yeah. It's, it's a no. Yeah. Um, but it, that's one of the things like we get all the time on the show. Say yes to everything. I, and I think that is true when you're first getting started. Say yes to everything. But eventually you have to realize that everything you say yes to is something else you have to say no to. Right. And and I get all the time pieces of advice like that that are complete opposites, but they're true. And that's the one of the things I've learned is that like every there's a little bit of truth to everything. It's a matter of finding a balance. It's a matter of understanding what's true for you and your business at, at, at this point in time, because what's true for you today might not be true for you tomorrow, depending on what's going on and how you're growing. It's so stressful and it's so confusing to like to like try to distill all these lessons into one useful like I don't know like overarching like this is the way but there is no one way is what I'm learning right I've, I find that we're complicated people if there if there was I you know I have said this before about little things like when someone tells me like oh you should have done this or whatever I always say you know as soon as someone writes the book called life and how you live it I'm going to buy that book. I'm going to read it. But that book doesn't exist. So you navigate how you are going to navigate. I'm going to do the best that I can do. And, yeah, I think I just wanted to make that point. I think in the beginning, yeah, say yes to everything. And Like, are coffee shops a thing that I want to talk about for a year? Maybe not. But I said yes to the 7 North podcast. Now, when I'm with the people for the other podcasts and she says to someone, Oh, we're doing this thing about a business, blah, blah, blah. Those people, they, they then say to me, you should do it about this business. I know a person in this town who does it, you know, in my, my mind, no, right. I can't, right. I don't have time cause I'm doing this one now. Right. The reason I'm able to do this one now is cause I said yes before. Right. And I'm not, I second podcast doesn't mean all of a sudden say no to things and be picky, but that's my point. You got to say yes to get things moving and then steer it one way or the other with a yes or a no. Right. But initially, it's got to be a yes. Because if you say no all the time, you won't do anything. Exactly. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I I don't mean, like, just say no to everything. I mean, when you get to a point when you feel like you don't have that balance or you don't have that time, uh, you you have to take back your time by saying no. Well, you you get a better sense of identity over time, too, and you get a better sense of strengths and weaknesses and what you should say yes to, what your wheelhouse is, what makes you happy. And you don't know until you've said yes to something and you realize, I never want to do that again. Right. Right. And then you start with that. That opportunity comes back around. It's a definite no. Mm-hmm. Been there. But mm-hmm. That's not for me. But these other things I've said yes to in the past, I want to do more of that. You know, but the only way you, you got to feed the funnel, you got to live, you got to experience before you can, you know, tighten it up and, and pick a more definite direction. Right. I think um, we, I, so I just thought of a cool metaphor. I just want to share it. I kind of said it before, but it's so like if you're, if you're not moving, right. Saying no will keep you not moving. If you're not moving, a yes will start you moving. And then once you're moving, yeses and nos steer the movement yeah so you have to pick and choose which yes and no you say but in the beginning in order to move 
you got to say yes. Yeah. Right. You're absolutely right. Yes. So zooming back up to 30,000 feet, the past few years since we last spoke to you, um, one of the challenges was you were the only one here. You now have how many employees? I have um, four consistent and then one, you know, who I don't want to say comes and goes, but I, t- I technically have five, but four who are on consistently. Yeah, but I think also understanding that's going to be the case, like that it, you want to have those those drifters. Right. They're great to have. When you have four or five drifters that are just there, that like you can like have a list of people to call to when somebody calls out sick or whatever. Here's the thing you have to accept from day one when you open your restaurant. Nobody is going to give more Fs about your restaurant than you. So when you start hiring people, you have to expect that they're just not going to make your business a priority. 18-year-old kid is not going to make their part-time coffee shop job a priority. I totally get that. And I I actually feel very blessed with the people that I do have because they are, they're amazing. They're all young. You know, um, you're right. Like they aren't going to care as much as I do. I don't expect them to, but they are so kind. They have all the qualities you could ask for in an employee. And so I feel very fortunate. There's a lot of learning that has to be done. There's a lot of like coaching them up and teaching them like honestly how to work because they're so young. Like they don't even know how, you know, a couple of them, this is like their first job ever. So it's like, you have to teach them how to actually work, but it's their inner qualities that you can't replicate you do have some good, good kids working here like the Thank one you, guy man. that gave me you know, his name is yeah escaping. dylan dylan yeah, yeah so amazing. when i was i moved in next door for anybody who's listening to this like i literally live like the building next to seven north and um i needed help moving a piece because of you like your coffee so much. because the coffee is so good <laughs> and doug was like hey there's an availability and like you got me right in there i didn't even have to right um, right like the, 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 the space didn't even get listed on craigslist or anything like that but yeah. anyway um, the point I'm trying to make is Dylan, um, I came in here looking for you and I was like, is Doug here? I was like, I need help moving a couch into my apartment. And like, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> like instantly he was like, yeah, I'll help you. Like th- that's exactly what you want though. Is people like that who are just good kids who are like willing to help. And I mean, I think I've given them like a couple $10 tips since. Well, so. I think, I think <laughs> what came to my mind is these people have all the qualities, none of the skills. And right. I think if you're listening to this, a good lesson will be like, Obviously, that sounds like you don't want that, but that's a good thing. And you're just, it's just a matter of teaching them. Yeah. I've always said hire fit first. Yep. So you hire, you know, who you want to be in the space to share the space with because you can teach anybody anything. Yeah. That's a good lesson. And I'm sure it's, it um, <clears throat> serves you because it, in your mind, you're like, I'm sure the kid's like, I don't know how to make a latte. In your mind, you're like, two years ago, I didn't either. Exactly. <laughs> but, and I tell them that straight up. And so there's a connection like yeah. straight away. Yeah. Because they're not looking at me like some guru that's going to exactly. like. But you want that kid who's going to be like, oh, you need help moving. Our neighbor needs help moving a couch. Absolutely. Right. I'll leave here 20 minutes later than I would get out of here to come help you move a couch. Right. And that's what you want. And you, so what I'm saying now is like what I'm projecting now is like I don't want to be in the business of hiring because I feel like you can quickly get to that point where okay you're a functioning restaurant you know you have all these employees but people are quitting and applying every single day and now you're no longer working 
in the restaurant or on the business, you're just constantly like finding the next person or replace the person who just left because they had to go back to school or they're moving across the country or whatever it may be. Like, so I'm trying, I'm hiring very slowly to get the right people yeah. that are not going to leave in six months. But what you'll find is in two years from now, three years from now, those people that did work here for six months, eight months, a year that left, they're going to come back right? and they're going to be looking for a job to get them started when they come back. And what, what goes around comes around. It, it, it comes back before you know, if you, if you take care of people and you treat mm-hmm. people well, they leave. Like, I, I don't even know how many times I went back to the pizza place that Jared and I worked. Mm-hmm. I was literally just thinking that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I when I need like I'll, I'll go out and try to do something I'll fall on my face and come back home and be like I need a job now until I figure out what the next thing is I'm going back to the pizza place and over time you just get like 10 or 20 people that just float back and that's this industry like you got to recognize that you're never going to be someone's number one but it's okay being their number two or three if you have enough people out there that are good people that you can float on those people but it takes time that's a great point yeah remember what Manny used to say Everyone who works here comes back. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be back. (laughs) See you soon. Yeah. Yeah. That's Uh, funny. So back on this idea of like the the past year, your focus seemed like the focus during our interview with you during the story of Seven North was just this maybe an under an underestimate well an underestimate. Freaking Jared working at underestimation an underestimation (laughs) of what it was going to take as far as your time and your commitment uh, and how much actual just like energy it was going to take out of you. Right. Uh, All the little things that you weren't considering that you had to do every day. Yeah. What's your biggest challenge been over the past year since then you got new, you got employees. I do. Yeah. The employees, I got used to the physical toll that it takes on your body, which is something that apparently is just, commonplace in the restaurant industry they're like yeah it destroys your body start you doing know. yoga now if you're opening a restaurant yeah, that's, that's <laughs> great advice yeah. i should start doing that um so i got over that it my biggest challenge now is that what you said yeah um my biggest challenge now is projecting because we're we're in this strange time uh where we're just kind of on the tail end of covid you know, things seem like they're getting, yeah, knock wood for sure. Um, it's really saying, okay, this is not going to be, the coffee shop is not going to be what I envisioned it to be going into it before the shutdown happened. What can it become that I am proud of and that I am happy with? Um, because I'll be honest, like <clears throat> COVID like shell shocked me. And I thought to myself, like, is this what owning a restaurant is like? Like this is miserable. You know, not knowing like how many people are gonna show up every day, like having no idea what to expect every single day. How can you build a business on that? That's the part that I'm still kind of that I'm trying to get used to. And I don't have it goes back to what Jerry was saying earlier about like when you have a taste of something that you've accomplished in the past, it lets you know that you can do it again. 
and it will push you through those difficult times. So restaurants that were open pre-COVID, they're like, I know what it is supposed to look like. So if I can just navigate this ship back to that in this weird new world that we're in, then we have a chance. I had no idea what it looked like prior to COVID. So I'm on this like shaky ground saying, is this what yeah. it looks like? And I've talked to other restaurateurs and like they're like, no, like you have a good idea of like how many people are going to come in on, on a day to day, a week to week. Like I'm two years into this, you know, a year and a half open and I still struggle with projecting what the next month is going to look like. I think that just comes with time because, you know, okay, January is going to suck, you know, no matter what. So you prepare for that. Yeah. Uh, fall is going to be crazy. You know, it's like people coming back to school, everybody getting back to work, stuff like that. So you prepare for that, you know, so it's starting to like make sense a little bit, but that has been the biggest challenge for me. Have you encountered any reliable patterns at all? Yeah, the weekends. <laughs> like the weekends is like, you know, Saturday is going to be. But then there's some like Saturdays that are duds and you're just like, like what? It could happened? be something going on in town. It could yeah, be it's, event, it's all these things that could be I, weather, just, I was holidays. not ready for. Um going going into this the roller coaster that it is i that that is where my inexperience shows yeah you know that i i uh i had no idea it was going to be like riding riding a crazy wave in a wave pool would you say your driving force has changed over the past year or evolved uh, I mean, if if I'm being honest, then yes, my driving force has like definitely changed. So th- before you say what your driving force is now, reflect back a year ago, what was your mission? What was your purpose? What was your vision? My mission was to provide uh, a space for people in the community to experience good coffee, culture, each other, art. Um, like you were saying before, you know, be an extension of myself. Um, and yeah, just give back to the community. Um, so what would you say your driving force is today? My driving force 100% is just my family. Yeah. That's it. So how does this restaurant serve that driving force? I'm trying to figure that part out. Yeah. Uh, one other because th- I don't see my family, but yeah. I'm like doing it for them. You know, I mean, they're here right now. <laughs> you, you know, it's funny. I know it's like ironic, but like this is how I, uh, I don't want to say this is how I involve them or include them, but like this this is what I got to do because I got to take care of my kids because yeah. my wife is working. I mean, somebody, so like, somebody who grew up in, re- like I literally grew up in a restaurant. My parents opened a restaurant when I was three years old. I don't have many memories before the age of three, you know? Like most of us don't start really memorize like having those memories. So like as far as I I knew, I was in a restaurant. 
uh, I think there's people like I don't know why there's apprehension to bring kids to work into restaurants. I mean, there's a lot of dangerous things that can happen in a restaurant. I get that sure. side of it. But when I was like five years old, man, I was standing on milk cartons washing dishes. Yeah. And I I don't know why people are so apprehensive to bring their kids are they? into the restaurant. My kids I, are here every day. Yeah. I mean, well, my older daughter, like, you know, brings people up. She loves it. She I mean, it can't it. be and a family love, thing. I think her. it's great for kids, too, yeah. honestly speaking. I agree. Kids don't get this. I don't think kids get the same social. I mean, I don't know if I want people to hear. I don't know if that's against the like no law or anything like no, that. No, so your kids can know. work as long as they're family. Like, there's no because that's that's part of that I'm trying to figure out too. All these rules and stuff like that. Like, there's you know, you can have your kids at your your business. That's what there's, I thought. Yeah, as long and you can put them to work. They, that's what I thought. There's no age limits on. Yeah, that. it's not I'm like I'm making them do that. Like, literally, my older daughter will push me out of the way to like help somebody, which is super awesome and like heartwarming for me to see. There's so many lessons for a young person to learn in a restaurant. Uh, just how to talk to people. Just just being exposed to so many different types of people right. alone is so good for kids later in life where you can just walk into any social situation and like know how to handle different people. Right. And just any, especially if you start paying your kids, like I think my kids, my parents pay me five bucks an hour, Wow. you know, which was for a eight year old, you know, like I'm rolling in it. Like I got 30 bucks in my pocket every week. I'm going and getting candy. I was a fat little shit, but you know, like, but I also knew you're on the big wheel. If I wanted something, yeah, like I could. If I wanted, like I could, I could save my money for a month, which seemed like an eternity when you're 10 years old, right? But like, you could have 120 bucks. Yeah, 120 bucks for a kid, you can get like the best Lego. Maybe not today. Yeah, but back then you get like a decent Lego set for 120 bucks. Sneakers, you know. (laughs) Yeah, but it teaches you the value of money. If I want something, work for it, right? And get it, right? Um, So I think you know. If if you have kids, put them to, put them to work in your restaurant. Yeah, like, and they want to. Like I was saying, like my my younger daughter, she's five and she loves washing the dishes, helping out my mom. Like she loves that. Where my older daughter, she likes interacting with people. Yeah. So she'll be up front, like talking to people, and and people love it. The guests who come in are just like, this is awesome. Like yeah. she can like do this math like giving out the right change back and all that stuff. As like, your kids are listening to me, they're going to be like, Doug, where's my, where's my dad? Where's my where's five, my five bucks? bucks? I, like, I, get, I get money. Today's episode is brought to you by seven shifts. Seven shifts is a modern labor management platform designed by restaurateurs for restaurateurs. And effective labor management is more important than ever to ensure profitability and restaurant success, especially with this labor shortage, you need to rely and trust technology more than ever before. And dialing in your labor management is one of the most positive, dramatic impacts you can make on your business's bottom line. And when it comes to labor management, Seven Shifts is one of the most, if not the most, organically recommended labor management platforms on the show. Trusted by over 500,000 restaurant professionals, Seven Shifts gives you the complete toolkit you need to easily manage your team's schedules, timesheets, communication, tasks, tips, and more all from one place. Best of all, Seven Shifts integrates with the POS and payroll system to 
you're already using, like Toast, to make smart operating decisions and turn labor management into a competitive advantage for your business. Restaurant Unstoppable members get three months absolutely free. Get started at www.7shifts.com slash unstoppable. That's the number seven S H I F T S dot com slash unstoppable to get three months of industry leading labor management for free. Today's episode is brought to you by Talk to the Manager. Look, nowadays people rather send you a text message than speak to you directly face to face. That's just the way people choose to communicate, and there's not much we can do about it. Or is there? Talk to the Manager allows guests to share feedback or ask questions in a way that makes them feel comfortable and is also convenient to you. Don't worry about personal information being shared. Customers won't see your personal phone number, just the number that Talk to the Manager provides. You can even delegate customer feedback and divide the workload amongst your managers. Multiple managers can receive these texts. When one manager replies to a customer, the other staff will see their responses too. What I personally love most about Talk to the Manager is that you can fix issues immediately in private before complaints go public online. Many times when people do write a negative review, it's because they just want to be heard. And Talk to the Manager gives them that outlet to be heard before they bring it publicly and drag your name through the mud. Plus, with Talk to the Manager, get issues brought to your attention, whether it's an issue with your restaurant's service, product, or facility. Your guests will let you know whether you want to hear it or not, but this will help you improve. Using Talk to the Manager is so intuitive that no technology is required. If you can send a text message, you can use Talk to the Manager. Show guests you care enough to listen with Talk to the Manager. Head to talktothemanager.com slash unstoppable to sign up for your 60-day trial. That's www.talktothemanager.com slash unstoppable. Um, anything, I mean, we're over an hour of recording time. It went by really fast. Um, but like any other th- things, uh, things to reflect on, things you've learned, things you thought were true a year ago that you just don't think are true anymore. Like how has your perspective shifted over the past year? I feel like what I thought was impossible is possible. I've always felt like this opening a coffee shop is possible. It's not an impossible thing. Yeah. But I thought it was, I don't I don't want this to come out the wrong way. Like I've always I always feel like something is so hard or so difficult until I do it and then I'm like, oh that wasn't that wasn't that hard. And I have to keep reminding myself to do that. To s- reminding myself to remind myself to say like you always think that this thing that you haven't done yet is so hard and then you do it and you're like that wasn't yeah. that hard. So that's how my mentality has shifted. I'm, I'm reminding myself that things aren't as hard as I perceive them to be, or not even one step further. I will sometimes make something harder for myself because I think it's supposed to be hard. I'll make a task harder than it needs to be. I want to put up this new merchandise display and in my mind, for some reason, I've made the task of doing that harder than it needs to be. Yeah. Because I feel like 
it's supposed to be hard. I I mean, that's a terrible example. I can't but. remember. There's a quote or the, the general like gist of the saying is like people waste more time stressing, more time and energy stressing about the thing they have to do and the anxiety and the, all that associated with doing the thing they have to do until if they just started doing it and they get into it, they're like, oh. It's not that hard. Well, like, I wasted yeah. so much time and energy, sleep, over starting this project where if I just started, it, you know, like just start. There ain't nothing to it but to do it. This right. is this is a super small example, but it's like me right now I'm thinking about um, the fact that I have to do my taxes. Mm. And it's like I just have to get it all together, you yeah. know. And in my mind, I'm like, that sounds like so much work. And I just unknown. don't even want to. Right. But then I know that like once I do it, it'll probably take me like an hour and then I'll yeah. be done. Exactly, right. you know, and then but, you want to worry about it. When you exactly. move over to the, you, you focus on the next hurdle, right? Um, One thing, another thing that I've really learned from all this is that I'm my best self when I'm helping other people, and that is one thing that I may have tried to trick myself into thinking I was doing here by serving people coffee. I'm like helping them when that. I don't think that that's necessarily true. And I feel like I kind of uh, misled myself in a way. Um, so a cookie you thought you were going to get was the the acknowledgement, the, the satisfaction of knowing you're helping people? Yeah. Yeah, it was this idea that I know what fills, fills me up the most is when I feel like I'm being helpful and productive to other people and also creating things. And that's something that I lost in the first year of doing this because it became way too transaction, you know, oriented. When I thought to myself, well, I'm doing this to help them have a better day and all this stuff. And I think there's an element of that and you are, but I need... I need more than that. Yeah. I think it's important to point out too, perception is reality. So like, yeah, this is this, it's very easy to to fall into the transactional trap, right? Where you're just going, you're going to work, you're going through the motions and it becomes a transaction. But if you want to be a transformative experience where you are helping people, where you're making their day better, you got to like keep that at like the top of like your, you know, I don't know, the culture, like it has to be, you have to find ways to like embed and sew that into your culture. So like, I think it, you are going to be able to achieve those things. I think having that as like a, a, a strength is so important as a restaurateur. And when that's going to shine through is when you get to the point where you're able to help your employees and you're a significant, a part of, of your community where you can, your business has the means to help people. You know, and like, and like that element that you have, that, that characteristic that you have is going to serve you really well in the long term. Cause your, your job as a restaurateur is to empower the people that come to work for you mm. and to help them understand yeah. how to do a better job and to find out where they want to go and help them get there. Yeah. And I, so, I will say that one of my favorite moments being here, the thing that just puts a smile on my face every time is when I hear, uh, one of the young people who work here helping somebody who comes in if they have a question about like the coffee or they have a question about and they're 
they're teaching them. I, I've, I've taught these employees and now they're teaching the guests who come in. And I'm just like, cause I'm in the back doing something else, whether it's dishes or whatever, cause I'll do everything. And, uh, when I hear, when I overhear those moments, I'm like, man, this is, this is what it's all about right here. Yeah. But I mean, I think that it's the, the focus on the employee that's going to be for you. I think a way for you to scratch that, that service, mentality that caretaker mentality of helping others um i think we forget that the, f- the first person to help is the employee right you know? and then it's the consumer right and if you can I, I don't know i mean i think that skill set is going to serve you well in the long the long term you also talk a lot about your passion really being entertainment mm. and creating yeah how do you plan on using this space and evolving the space into a place that serves that element of yourself like when are you, how are you going to use like is there a plan to tie in your, your need for creation? Yes. So the goal is to transition into more of a live event space. I have a patio out back where I plan on doing live music, having a DJ in here on the weekends, just kind of playing music while people are coming and going and making it more of a space where the community knows that they can find live music here because yeah. there's not a lot of places in Exeter that provide that. There's a few bars mm-hmm. that will have, you know, guitarist player or whatever. Um, but early on you talked about, you know, what, what makes you different, um, you know, unique selling proposition, I yeah. think is what you said. And I just go back to my past experience and saying, well, you know, I, I know a handful of musicians there's no other coffee shops that really do have music in the area. Um, bring in more live entertainment. Yeah. On that vein, I've after, cause we had this conversation off, off the microphone. Like I know this about you already and I can't help but think back at past episodes I've recorded. And there's this young kid that was out of Providence, Rhode Island. You might remember this where he did like the traveling pop-up coffee where he would do, for like special events, he would just have a coffee cart. Right. And Which he, I have as well. And yeah. I plan on doing that too. Exactly. So you, I, I see there, there being an opportunity for you. This is just me kind of spitballing right now mm-hmm. where like you get, I mean, how are you familiar with the word barn or do you know yes. those folks pretty well? I don't know them. Let me make an introduction over for there you. Ben's a, a great couple team. times. Um, but like, if you start collaborating with the other with the the event outlets in in Exeter and Portsmouth and the surrounding towns, and you become the mobile coffee mm. for that those live events, now you're in those circles. You're you know, and then I think over time, you like you collaborate with Jeremiah, where Jeremiah does rotisserie chicken, you do the coffee, right, and then you become an events company where you're just creating events, so then you can put your venues into them to create awareness, right. I mean, there's lots of opportunity there. Right. And that's what I'm currently thinking about and figure, and that's kind of is what I was alluding to when I say my vision going into it has changed from where it was on day one to where it is now. Yeah. But being a part of those events, that's where you're going to tap into your target market. People who are interested in in the arts. Right. 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 And and they're going to go, they're going to have your coffee. And then they, they're going to be aware of seven North. They're going to find right. out that you have a brick and mortar, you know, like that's how you build things over time. Right. But right. you got to tie your passion into it. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely tie the passion into it, work on my psychology, because I still got a lot of things I got to work out, as you can hear in the (laughs) podcast. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm just, I I know I've been doing this for a little while now, over a year, but uh, I still feel brand new, you know. Um, So... We'll that's see. a good feeling to have, we'll though. See. I think it's yeah, good to maybe have check that in feeling. again a year. Because once you get too comfortable, that's when things start to go downhill. Right. Because you feel like you figured it out and not, nothing's going to change and you stop growing. You know? Uh, anything we haven't discussed up to this point that you're hoping to to get into as far as the evolution of Doug York as a I restaurateur? Think, I think what I, what I want I know we I know we talked about it a little bit before, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Jared and like your experience with creating that narrative form podcast what, some things that you have learned from doing it some things that you like to do for the next one specifically specifically if possible but you know general like what are some you know broad takeaways besides like you know you really enjoyed it like what are some things that what were what were some difficult moments what were some exciting moments you know i know you liked how it wrapped and how it sounded at the end but going through that process is there anything that jumped out of you that's like wow this is why i want to do this more or like man this thing this sucked and like <laughs> this is what i want to do better next time maybe um <clears throat> maybe like collaboration uh i remember hearing the podcast with your music on it for the first time was amazing because then it becomes not just my thing it's like its own thing um so that was a lot of fun at the same time it's weird now doing it completely on my own like without support from you or eric um i don't know just because every decision is mine which is weird and and the girl that i'm making it about like kind of treats me like this is like the thing that i do it's like i've actually only done this once <laughs> so it's weird um, so it is the thing that you do yeah you've done it before but it's just, I mean, maybe that's just like the fake it till you make it mentality, which I think is a good mentality. Um, and I feel like, not to cut you off, um, but I, I feel like that's why producers are so important because that collaboration, and we talked about this in the series, collaboration is so important. And I had a conversation with my wife not too long ago where I was just kind of in despair. And I was like, I think I need like a partner. I think I need to team up with somebody that because I can't do every, I can't play every position and be good and be good. You know, it's like, I, I, I can't be, you know, the famous, uh, Giselle bunch thing. It's like, I can't throw the ball and catch the ball. Yeah. You know, uh, but then I, you know, got <laughs> got through that hard day and uh, said I just got to get I got to figure out a better way. Uh, so what I would suggest is 
maybe looking for a producer maybe yeah I, I know it's hard and where we are is like very hard and sometimes to go fast you got to go alone you know um but please don't ever hesitate to reach out if you have like questions or like you need to bounce ideas you know instead of just because what i've learned is sometimes just saying the thing out loud to somebody else helps you figure even if you don't want an answer back you just getting it out of your head and like yeah. saying it out loud helps you come up with the answer you process it yeah. yeah so like please don't ever hesitate uh to reach out to me or if you want to get on you know the phone or whatever and meet like that like i was saying before that is what fills me up yeah well i also would say that on the one hand I like having boundaries and like direction, you know, like since I've never made a podcast like this, it's good that Eric did the work and found you and you already want to do it. So now I have these established boundaries within which I can see if I can make a thing that people like. Um, now I have no boundaries and it's weird. And um, so that's hard for me. But at the same time, I really want to embrace something that I heard in an episode in a recent restaurant Apple episode. I can't remember what it was. We're talking about like a what like this isn't a thing that we do in restaurants, and it's like, well, why not? I'm going to do it anyway. I'm taking that mentality to this other podcast that I'm making now. I want to do weird things that people have never heard in podcasts before. Because let's face it, I'm late to the podcast party podcasts are an established thing and we've all heard a million different nonfiction podcasts like they're a dime a dozen so for me to just make another one as the guy from new hampshire that's might not be a good idea so i need to make weird things that people have never heard before like i have this idea the thing i'm making it about has something to do with the ocean blah 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 so i talked to the girl about the ocean what it means to her and like I have this idea. I told my composer, I said, dude, make a song that's under two minutes long. That is just an audio song version of what you think of as the ocean. Mm. And I'm just going to play it in full. Right. In the podcast. Right. Because why not? Yeah. You know, you got to hold their attention. That's how you make podcasts. Yeah. Well, there's a million of those. Right. So I want to do it differently. That's what, honestly, that's what gets me excited about this new podcast is like I did what I was supposed to do with seven North there's no expectation for the new one. Right. You know? Right. Not that it's a good or a bad thing. It was kind of like you guys as brainchild and I was the one to, to do it. Bring it to life. This new one, it's like no boundaries is scary, but at the same time, I'm taking the opportunity to almost apply like the lesson that I said I learned in Restaurant Stoppable, which was restaurants been around forever. How dare you do it differently? Well, if I do it differently then I'll stick out. Then I'm also, the, I instantly become the number one restaurant at doing it this way. Right. I'm the best. And I'll, <laughs> I'll just add to that by saying there is a, a YouTuber out that, that uh, one of the biggest YouTubers, an older person, not old, but like, you know, 30s, uh, you know, late 30s, early 40s, whatever, had a full career before he became a YouTuber and all his friends are like, what are you doing? Like YouTube, like YouTube's done. Like everybody has done everything you can possibly do on YouTube. Like you're out of your mind. And he's like, whatever, I'm just going to do it my way. 
now he's his name's Peter McKinnon. He's one of the biggest YouTubers on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't help but think about even like restaurant stoppables format, where I constantly hear it should be shorter. Every episode should be thirty minutes to forty five minutes, and people don't have the time, the attention, the time to listen to a two hour long interview. I'm like, well, here's the thing. I'm trying to like share this person's life story. I'm trying to get layers deep. I'm trying to like connect with this person and, and I, I can't do that in 30, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, they just start opening up after 30, 45 minutes. Right. They're like, why do you, why do you travel on site? You have all these tools to do it remotely now because I can't connect with somebody at the same level as I can when I travel across the country to sit across a table from them in their restaurant where they're most comfortable. Right. You know, like, I was just listening to a podcast with uh, Hans Zimmer, yeah, um, a, a music composer, film composer, and he was saying how you can't get the same connection through a computer. He said, "We're look at us. We're looking at each other through uh, these cameras on our computer right now, but we're not really looking at each other." When you're in a room with somebody, is when you're really looking yeah. at them. When you can see the 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 nanosecond movements that people make to tell to feel their energy yeah especially when you're trying to pull layers back on somebody and see how far you can go before they get uncomfortable when you're looking at like the you know from nipples up you right. know like you can't see what's happening yeah, like, what you are they doing with the their hands the are they shift, are they, yep. are they moving their feet around are they are they uncomfortable with this question right like that's how I know why I can push because like I'll start to see where they they readjust in their seat, you know, like they're moving their foot or like just, I believe there's something going on with pheromones too, man. Like mm. there's, it, there's things we just haven't figured out. Like the low road of communication. We know that there's so much communication happening that goes beyond just words. Right? right. But there's still so much more of that. that I don't think we've tapped into right? as far as like what's happening. Like, like how, like how far does it go? There's stuff that happens in person that you just cannot get remotely. It's anyway. So we'll keep doing it in person. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with um, it. We're well, I just want to say, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. And I just want to say, like, before we wrap, I just want to thank you, Jared, for everything that you did throughout that whole entire process. That was amazing. It was amazing, dude. Um, and thank you, Eric, for bringing us all together to do this because I truly, believe, like I've said, uh, whether it's manifesting or you know whatever the stars align to bring us together to do this thing, and now it exists in the world. And however that, wherever that goes going forward, is where it goes. Whether it's you on this next project, you know it. it a lot of it allowed me to uh, reflect on my first year here and just by document documenting that five ten years from now i'll be able to look back and say that was the first year and that was really tough or whatever it may be um so i just i can't thank you both enough thank you man it's funny wait one more thing it's funny you say that about the documenting because the person I'm working with, with now, that's what she says after she listened to Seven North. She's like, he was so smart to take those notes, to make those voice memos. Like, not just to make a podcast, but to look back. Because yeah. now she's trying to tell me the story, and she's like, I can't remember a lot of this. Right? Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. cool. It's a blur. Is now a bad time to put a little plug in? I think we talked about in the past, like, if you're listening to this. Yeah. And you are at the beginning of your journey, start making those voice memos. Reach out to us in a year or two when your vision becomes fruition and like, let us share your story like we did with Doug. 
Yeah. That would be, I would love to do that yeah. for more than more businesses than just Doug and uh, the current one I'm working on. So, I mean, there's been talk about possibly starting the story of Restaurant Unstoppable series. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, if people are into it and people want to do it, you know, like I said, I learned so much from that first, from the one that we did. You know, even if it's just notes, that's kind of what I was saying to you before. Um, it's just elevating that whole experience. Yeah. All right. Your kids have been more than patient with us. They're they're <laughs> they're, they're great. They're great. I honestly like. I mean, I feel blessed. Yeah. Um, well, Doug, thank you so much, man. Um, it was a, you know, it's, it's been a pleasure working with you and I have a feeling we're not done. Uh, who knows what that means, but I don't know. I'm sure there'll be, there, there are things on the table. I'm not going to say much right now cause I don't want to give too much away, but I <laughs> gotta looking, leave people hanging, you know? Yeah. I'm looking forward to continue to work with you, man, for sure. And just awesome. thank you so much for everything you've given us. Uh, I know it's been tough over the past year and you, been spread thin as is to do this project on top of it, to make time for us for these recordings. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. If you're listening to this, cause we thank know you, like, you were patient with us. Uh, we appreciate you and just, uh, thanks to your kids for all. Yes. Being patient thank with you us. to the kids. Thank you to everybody who, you know, one thing that, uh, a comment that I got a lot and I know we're, we're wrapping up, but I just want to get this in there. Um, something that, you know, more than one person has said to me was, and I think you, Eric, you had said this too, and Jared, so a lot of people have <laughs> said this actually, but you never see those other people. You know, I've gotten a lot of comments about the episode with my wife, Beth, because like we never get to hear from the other people. A lot of people look at somebody who's running a business and they think it's just one person. They never realize or get to see the amount of people behind that one person who literally have to prop them up. Uh, so they can do that thing that they want to do. Yeah. Awesome stuff. I think on that note, I can wrap up by saying, Tug, there is no questioning, my man. You are unstoppable. Jared, you're unstoppable too, man. That's right. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Cut it there. Awesome. There we go. Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. I hope you guys all enjoyed that reflection on the story of Seven North. Uh, what's happened for Doug since we wrapped up the project and uh, just kind of just getting a little bit behind the scenes of what's happening here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Uh, I just want to say again how proud I am of Jared and uh, just how talented he is. It was uh, great to give him this opportunity to, sh to show the world what he's got beyond editing in copywriting. He is a producer and he is talented. Um, special thanks to Doug York for mastering this podcast. Uh, super talented, just audio production. Uh, you know, you can tell that his, his background of creating beats definitely came out in today's episode. Uh, the, the, the mastering of today's episode, the, the overlay of the music was just beautiful. Um, great job guys. I, I hope this is not the last time we work together on a project like this. And on that note, if you guys enjoyed the story of seven North and you've been maybe capturing some audio journals, uh, through your journey of opening a restaurant, reach out to me, Eric at restaurant Maybe we can do something like this for you. Uh, who knows? We're open to it. I'm not making any promises, but shoot us an email, uh, share your story and maybe give us a couple of your audio files and we'll see if there's something we can do for you. Uh, I know that 
we are really interested in continuing to do projects like this and to diversify what we offer. So uh, let us know. And then also, I want to let you guys know that I am headed to... New York City. Literally in like an hour and a half, I'm getting on a train and I'm headed to New York City. We got some great interviews lined up uh, out there. And uh, when I get back, I'm going to be hitting it hard. I really want to start putting much more of my energy into the network, into producing content, specific content for you. So email me, Eric at restaurantstoppable.com. Tell me where your pain is. Tell me how I can create content that will best serve you because that's really what I'm here to do is to serve you. And I need to know where the pain is. I need to know how to serve you. So the only way I can do that is by listening and creating work for you. So shoot me an email again, Eric at restaurantstoppable.com. Let me know where the pain is and consider joining restaurant stoppable network. Uh, when you join the network, your membership goes to supporting this mission to some, to inspire, empower and transform the industry. All right, that's it for today until next time. Peace out.